Hello, everybody. Welcome once again, and we're glad you're with us. We continue on in our study of the New Testament. We're working through the New Testament a chapter at a time, and uh, we're into the book of Acts now. We started with Matthew, we did Mark, and we did John, then we did Luke, and now we're in the book of Acts, and it's taken us a couple of years to get this far. Um, the New Testament, I believe, takes us five years, and then after that, we'll start in the Old Testament. That takes 15 years, so we've got our, uh, our Wednesday nights laid out for the next 18 years. <laughs> Makes it easy for me for preparation time. <laughs> I told you when I started a couple years ago that I sort of prayed, Lord, let me get through it twice. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. That's a good run if you can get 40 years in it. So... Um, yeah, plus the ones I've already been doing it, but it's, it's a good run. And I'm sure the next time will be better. The, uh, uh, so we have uh, done the study of the Gospels, and then we did Luke and Acts together on purpose because they were both written by Luke to Theophilus, and there's sort of a thread that runs with them, and we, we look and, and got to see a good picture of the life of Christ and the ministry of Christ and um, the, the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, and now in the book of Acts, we move into the church and the acts of the disciples, the apostles, uh, in the early church and how it takes place. And in and Acts uh, 1, Jesus, you know, in his resurrected form, was with his disciples. He appeared to them. He hung out with them. He taught them. And then he ascended uh, uh, to the right hand of the Father. After that, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls uh, and comes, and uh, they're all filled with the Spirit. And uh, they, they were told in Acts 1 by Jesus that they would be his witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes, and they were to go out and to preach the gospel that they'd heard and do the things that they'd seen, and um, that that was the time that they would go and do those things. And sure enough, Acts chapter 3, we saw it start happening. And in Acts 3, we see Peter and John walking by into the temple where they're about to teach. They see the crippled beggar who's been there for year after year after year after year. And they walk by him and they pray for him and he's healed and begins dancing around and uh, causes some problems, as we saw, for the uh, apostles in Acts chapter 4. They're hauled in before the religious leaders and... and uh, I, you know, we got a kick out of it because they tell them to stop doing it, but it's very hard for them to do much else because there's a guy dancing, dancing all around them that's been healed. And so they, they feel sort of stuck in the process, but that's what they're dealing with. And, uh, and so we watched all that last week, and, and uh, we talked about it last week, and, and we talked about this amazing community that had formed and that Peter and John, after they had been all through this, they went back and told the community, and the community bore the burden with them and prayed with them, and, and they were together, and, and uh, it was this very neat thing that had started in the process. And then we get, and we move into Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 is a fascinating chapter of Scripture, I think. And um, it's, it's uh, I don't think it's talked about all that much, particularly the first 12 verses of Acts chapter 5, which is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And uh, if you don't know what the story is, you'll find out probably why it's not talked about so much here in a minute. And uh, it raises a lot of questions. It raises more questions than you can really answer, but it makes things very reflective. It's one of those things you have to think about. And uh, it's, 
I think it's meant to be that way. And I'll give you the reasons why. And we will primarily talk about those first 12 verses in the few minutes that we have together. And then we'll look at the, 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 the verses after that, um, the first 11, uh, verse 12 and following are, are about the persecution that takes place. We'll touch on that. But the, the heart of Acts 5, to me, is this thing that happens uh, in the very beginning with Ananias and Sapphira. Let's read it, and then um, we'll talk about it for a few minutes together. Acts chapter 5, verse 1 and following. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira also sold a piece of property. I'm going to keep reading, but let me just remind you, at the end of chapter 4, we saw our friend Barnabas, the son of encouragement, who sold a field, and he brought the money from the sale of the field, and he laid it at the apostles' feet for them to use for the ministry. Okay. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who had heard, all who heard what had happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias, you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. So the reason I don't think he get talked about much is like, welcome to the church. Okay. At that moment, she fell, and then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result... People brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. Guess what ministry is happening again? Do you see? That's the same ministry that Jesus was engaged in. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. Remember the difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Sadducees didn't believe in an afterlife. The Pharisees did. The Sadducees just thought this was all there was. That's why they were sad, you see. It's, that is true, though. That's, how you, that's the big difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees, is their belief in the afterlife. It's the best way to remember it. They were filled with jealousy. They were filled with jealousy because they couldn't do any of this stuff. They arrested the apostles, <laughs> love, love how they deal with it, and put them in the public jail. Let's arrest the people that are having this tremendous impact on everyone else, and these miracles are taking place. We better get them out of the way, just like they did with Jesus. But during the night, I love this, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. That's pretty hard to deal with. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. 
When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there, so they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. And someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts outside uh, temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood, like they weren't already. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the men of Israel, Consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean, appeared in the days of the census and led a branch of people in revolt. He too was killed, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, as I said, um, this is a pretty hard chapter for a lot of people, and, and because the idea of people kind of dropping dead in church is... Not real popular. It's a, it's a tough issue to talk about, and yet here it is, right in the beginning of the early church, right there for everybody to see. And um, I think that these events, if we're, if we're willing to reflect on them, um, are, are very powerful in terms of the questions that they raise and in dealing with the answers. And, you know, I would submit to you, too, if you think you have all the answers to these verses, don't shut yourself down too much, because I think that it's a lifelong learning process. I think there's so much that you can learn by reflecting on what takes place that, that I wouldn't just settle in on what you've come to already. I think it's worth discussion and debate with the Lord. Debate's not the right word, because he's going to win. But, you know, I think it's good to ask some questions. And I think that... These are, there's some really good questions. There are a lot of good questions. Um, why did Ananias and Sapphira do what they did? How did Peter know what was going on? Why was the punishment, you know, so severe and, and so swift? 
Um, why did God deem this sin so bad? Um, and then, you know, here's a big question. Did they go to heaven? Uh, these are pretty good questions. And, and I think how you answer them reflects on some of your core beliefs. Because depending on who you talk to, all those questions have some different answers. And so uh, there's no easy answers. And yet, with all the questions, the story is still an, an acted parable of the Christian gospel because it's about sin, judgment, and the possibility of grace. And so it's a, it's a great story. It's a fascinating chunk of scripture and, and one that, that's worth thinking about, talking about, and, and, and wrestling through with. Um, Luke, the way that he did throughout the gospel, sets this chapter, chapter up with a lot of contrast. Uh, like I said, the end of chapter 4, there's Barnabas selling a field and bringing the money to the apostles. And, and one of the things that we know about Barnabas from Acts 11, 24 later on, that, is that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Here in Acts 5, we see uh, Ananias, um, however, and Peter says that he's been filled with the, the evil one. And, and he doesn't follow through with his deal. Let's, let me make sure we know this too. Uh, in going through with this thing. The Ananias and Sapphira were completely free to do whatever they wanted with that property. They didn't ever have to sell it. The group didn't tell them they had to sell the field. The group further didn't tell them they had to give all the money if they did choose to sell it. But other people were doing that. And so Ananias and Sapphira, they want to get involved in the process, but they don't get it quite right. And that's where the problem lies, and, and it's the extension of the problem. You see that the contrast is that Barnabas is, is absolutely truthful, and Ananias is a liar. Um, Barnabas demonstrates this amazing trust in God and, and, and his provision, while Ananias is sort of stuck and, and is kind of putting his trust in, in mammon here in the beginning. And, and bear in mind, there's this other picture of things going on um, at the beginning of the early church, of things that are happening right now, um, the church has all things in common. They have real community, shared resources, sensitivity to others' needs, as we've already seen displayed, they're each other's security, um, uh, not in material things, but in the risen Christ. And it's the closest thing to utopia that the world has seen since the garden. It's like paradise regained. But do you remember in the garden that the evil one got access and caused problems? It's, a, it's another same picture, same story, same event. Again, the enemy gains access and, and brings, tries to bring chaos into this community that's that's taking place. In, in the midst of all the beauty and the harmony that exists in the early church at that time, the serpent sort of enters the garden again. Now, I think, if we're honest, why it's such an impactful chapter is that most of us can relate to Ananias and Sapphira. Um, I think that if we could be honest, we would admit that we've all had some dishonest things in our life. Um, uh, you know, I know I have. You know, what, what does dishonesty look like? It looks like all sorts of things. Um, maybe telling a little white lie. 
Maybe it's like not saying something. Maybe it's, you know, taking a pen from work or something. Or, you know, maybe it's not, you know, being completely honest with the IRS. Maybe, who knows? But I, I would think that in the course of our lives, we've all got some dishonesty floating around. It's happened. It's in nature. Sort of the event. I, I think maybe we can relate to, to that situation a little. Um, and yet, the heart of the problem, see, is more than dishonesty. Because it has to do with deception and hypocrisy. Um, what they wanted, what Ananias and Sapphira wanted, was the same type of praise and recognition that, that Barnabas got. And yet, they wanted to do it without the sacrifice. And so, it's, 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 uh, it's more than dishonest, it's, it's deceptive. And it's hypocritical. And, and it even goes beyond that because, see, the, the reason I think it was such a huge deal was it was an act of worship. When, when Barnabas is described as bringing the, the, the proceeds of the sale and laying it at the apostles' feet, it was, it was given to the Lord. It was an act of worship. It wasn't just going to the apostles to deal with it. Was, it was given to the Lord. And this same expression is used of the, of the thing that Ananias does. And, and so, I guess, you know, to me then, the worst kind of hypocrisy, and it's the sort that we see in the scripture that, that got Jesus so upset all the time, was it, it, it was hypocrisy bordering on sacrilege. It, it wasn't just a matter of pretending to be devout, uh, and, and, and yet really being, you know, a liar and a cheat, which they were. Sacrilege takes it further, it's, it's robbing God of what is rightfully God's. It's stealing divine glory. It's withholding what we have professed as belonging to the Lord. And that's where I think the problem comes in. And, and um, it's not the first time that it happened. And, and I already mentioned one time that it happened. it happened. It's happened twice before. This very similar situation. Once in the Garden of Eden, when a man and a woman tried to deceive God. And, uh, and the result was death there, too. Um, separation. Um, the, the killing of animals for clothing, uh, the result of the act was death. And then again, in, in uh, Joshua 7, there's a story of a guy named Achan, A-C-H-A-N. If you've never read it, I'd encourage you to go and read the story of Achan. Um, uh, the, the people of Israel are sent out to uh, start conquering the, in the Promised Land, and they're having great success, and uh, all of a sudden it goes bad, and it finds out that Achan is done something he wasn't supposed to. There's sin in the camp, and the army's not effective any longer. And, and so Achan and his family and his possessions are destroyed as he's found out. And, and so in each of these situations, Adam, Achan, and Ananias, they each happen at sort of the beginning, at a fresh start that God is making with his people. And, and I think it's, there's something to get from that as well, to ponder in your reflection that that this, this big event happens at, at sort of the start of new things. And, and it's, it's an attention grabber at the very least. You know, I, I can't even imagine what the church was like when Ananias dropped dead. I don't know what Peter talked about for the next three hours, <laughs> what the sermon topic was, but everybody was like being really quiet. And what do you think it was like when Sapphira walks in without knowing what's going on? 
It could she she you think if she'd have been tuned in at all, she would have known something wasn't right. Has anybody seen Ananias? Nobody would look at her. Peter says. Um, see, I think that, that what we learn from it, even as we try and wrestle through all of the dynamics about what took place and why and the, and the bigger pictures, is, is that we have to continue to do what we always talk about here. We have to live by trying to do the next right thing, knowing that God loves us enough that we don't have to pretend to be something that we're on, aren't or, or to have arrived at a place we're not yet. See, what Ananias and Sapphira, all they needed to say to the community was this. We would really like to be where Barnabas is in his walk with God. But we're just not there yet. And here's where we're at. We're, we're comfortable bringing you part of this thing. And we hope that as we continue on in the community, we can grow to that place, but we're just not there. Do you know the community would have just loved them, I believe, and, and, and they would have been just, just covered in grace and, and, and mercy and love in order to grow. But, but instead, they, 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 they went into this other thing. And, and rather than entering into the healing and the nurture of the community, they felt like they needed to be somewhere where they weren't or somebody that they weren't. And I think that, that the biggest problem when I think about this is that, that their act demonstrated they had a warped view of God. They didn't understand His amazing grace. They just didn't get it. And when we don't understand the grace of God, we often try to pretend to be something that we're not. And in church, sometimes we think we have to pretend to be at a place that we're not. And I think it's, it's not good for us. It grieves the Spirit of God. It's, it's okay to be in process and to admit that you're in, we're all in process. No one has arrived. And, and we have to know that in order to walk this thing out. And, and that we submit to each other in that process then, in grace, saying, you know, I, I want to develop, I want to grow, I want to get better, I want to get closer, I want to I more and more do the next right thing, but I'm, 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 on, I'm not there yet. But will you love me? Will you work with me? Will you encourage me? Will you help me? Will you guide me? In grace, so that I can get there. See, that's the community that the church is supposed to be. And... and we don't have to pretend to be somewhere we're not or further along on the journey than we really are. And, and that's where we meet God, and that's where he helps us through, not in the other direction. I told you I'd spend most of the time on that because we're almost done. 12 through 42 is, is about revival taking place, really. And the religious leaders of Israel, they're jealous. They have their apostles arrested, thrown in jail. An angel lets them out. That had to be so cool. I just I love that kind of stuff. See the angel popping in. Come on, fellas. Well, it's all locked up. Yeah, don't worry about it. Out they go. See, I, I love that stuff. And you've got to know that the religious leaders, they're living this whole Jesus thing all over again. And it hasn't been but a couple of months since they thought they dealt with it. And I love that they say that. No, you're trying to make us guilty of that man's blood. It's, you are guilty of his blood. Not trying to make anything. And they can't stop it. And they, they had told them in the last chapter, don't say anything. And they were like, come on, who are we supposed to obey? And it's gotten worse now. More and more people are being added. More, more and more. The, the, the terms for the growth of the church are, are multiplying. More and more is multiplication. They're not just adding anymore. More and more now. Now we've changed dynamics. 
Chapter 3, we were adding to the church. Now it's more and more. They're added, but it's more and more. We're multiplying. We're, we're, we're going to see in the next few chapters this multiplication process. They're coming from everywhere. Miracles are happening. Peter's shadow is, is the presence of God and the Spirit of God is so thick that, that it's enough to heal people. And they're coming to Jesus in, in multitudes now. And, and the, 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 the religious leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they want to stop it. They thought they'd stopped it with the cross. And they want to stop it and they can't. They, so they, this time they, they flog them, they beat them. And I, I, the guys are amazing. They leave rejoicing. Was that me? That's my clock. Is it, that's rude. <laughs> the response of the twelve after all that sets the pattern for our, our response to similar pressures. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. And they did it all for one more. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. We're glad that you were with us. If you need anything, call us, write us, let us know. We'll see what we can do. Um, and uh